This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Thomas Yiannopoulos, Director of Sales at Remerge. Thomas, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Thank you for coming. All right. So if you ever had a chance to talk to an app marketer at a conference, well, back in the day when it was possible to do in person, one of the things that kept her or him up at night was, and still is, how to engage their users and keep them engaged how to make them stay and keep using their apps. So app retention and engagement questions are important for any app, but it's especially true for e-commerce. And Thomas will walk us through why that's the case. But let's, uh, but let's talk about you, Thomas, first, as well as do on this show. Tell us about yourself and how did you get into a mobile marketing business? Yeah, sure. So I've been working in performance app marketing for about eight years now, which, which is a long time in this industry. So I started around 2012, 2013, uh, That's working true. for a company called, yeah, <laughs> I was working for a company called Uh was one of the first DSPs to enter the industry. Uh, there I was, I, I've been working in sales my whole career and there I was working in sales and as a very junior seller, I was also working with the teams who were optimizing campaigns, learning how programmatic bidders function, learning how bid optimization works, et cetera. Uh, it was really a wonderful learning experience for me at JumpTap. Ultimately, we were acquired by our, our competitor called Millennial Media. Ultimately, Millennial Media was then acquired by AOL, who had already been acquired by Verizon. So my first stint in uh, the mobile marketing industry was in some ways, an interesting microcosm of what generally happens in this industry, which is, you know, small companies get bought by larger companies over time. But it was a wonderful experience. I learned a great deal there. From there, I ultimately went over to a company called Fixu, who I worked with for a short period of time, uh, doing much of the same, uh, selling app advertising campaigns to performance app marketers. Uh, and then after Fixu, I came across Remerge at a conference that I was speaking at. I saw some people from Remerge with shirts on. I said, I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And I decided to reach out to a buddy of mine who actually had just recently joined them. Lo and behold, three years ago or so, uh, I reached out for an interview. They got back to me. We set up an interview. I, I joined the team and it's been absolutely wonderful. I always wanted to work with a, a company whose product and vision I believe in and, and Remerge serves beautifully in both those regards. Cool. That's that's pretty packed eight years, I should say. Let's talk about Remerge now. What, what do you guys do? And uh, is there any story behind the name? <laughs> it's a funny question. I, I actually have no idea. Uh, it's something I should have asked a long time ago. My guess is emerge, right, is, is a yeah. verb, which means to come from something and to remerge would be to come back from something. So I, I, my, my guess is that's that's kind of the play on words, if there is a play on words there. But yeah, that, that's how the, the name was born. And and yeah, this is a, it's a wonderful organization that, you know, uh, I think was started about five or six years ago, probably over six at this point. I should know these stats, but it is what it is. We're based in Berlin. We have offices around the world, offices in Singapore, China, Japan, New York, San Francisco, Berlin, uh, et cetera. Uh, oh. And it's been a company that has grown tremendously over the course of my tenure here. 
uh, not because of me, but um, I have seen this company um, really, really increase in size over that time because there's been a genuine need uh, for, for the products that we bring to market. Really cool to see. Got it. Okay, let's, uh, let's uh, you know, for starters, let's make the case. Uh, why do we need to retarget mobile app users? And uh, to be honest, what exactly does this term retarget means? Yeah, sure. So the question of why we should retarget consumers, I think boils down to more economics than anything else, right? If I can make a use case to someone that a certain marketing activity would yield more dollars in then, then you have to yield more dollars from the consumers than you have to put into it. There's not really many reasons why you wouldn't do that, right? Yeah, uh, and that's what totally. we aim for at Remerge, right? In, in any case, all we want to do is get your business to a point where the revenue we're generating from your campaigns is more than you have to put into the campaigns, even if you're cohorting or, or, or analyzing it from an LTV basis, like we see with a lot of game advertisers, for example. But that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's all performance marketing is to a large degree, right? It's a big math equation that everyone's trying to crack and trying to crack it at scale, right? You see the same thing with user acquisition. That's my biggest argument for why you should retarget, right? If it's economically, you know, in, in the green for you, there's really no reason why you shouldn't do it. From a more intuitive perspective, you should retarget because you want to talk to your consumers on a consistent basis. And not all of your consumers are available to you through Channels like push, channels like CRM, et cetera, right? It's important mm -hmm. for businesses to stay engaged with their consumers because as we know, especially in the app ecosystem, uh, losing consumers is part of the game, right? Churn rates yeah. that we see with the average apps are through the roof. We're talking something like, you know, 90% of your consumers will leave your app and, and over the course of 30 days, right? And that's an, a stat that we've just accepted for years and years in this industry. And I think our re argument at Remerge is you actually don't have to accept that statistic, right? You don't have to accept the fact that your consumers are gonna churn at an insane rate. Uh, we can create scenarios in which uh, we're never gonna eliminate churn, obviously, but we can reduce it and we can slow it down and we can give your consumers better experiences and, and uh, educate them uh, along the way in terms of how they, how they uh, relate to your brand. So uh, there are so many cases for retargeting um, but I'd say, yeah, uh, it really boils down to economics and intuitively, as a business, you want to stay in touch with your consumers. Now, I forget what your second question was there. Can you remind me? Yeah, actually, you just uh, answered my uh, whole question, but the, okay. the whole question, I think, uh, I think that I was just uh, trying to define the term retarget specifically, if there's any definition yeah. like. Yeah, sure. I mean, retargeting means engaging with your consumer uh, when they're not on your property to complete some sort of action. That's how I would, I would uh, uh, define it. There's all sorts of different ways that people define it, but the crux of what it is that, that we do at reemerge is again, you know, we engage specific segments of your audience when they're on other apps with relevant ads to drive them back into your app to ultimately com complete a certain task or activity or, or, or conversion event. So you're trying to like, basically this is the way to, like, uh, for instance, people may be distracted, you know, on their course to install the app or, you know, do specific actions and the app by, by any, you know, event in their life. And you're trying to reach them out again to make sure that they have not lost the interest or uh, just uh, out of the radar your app, right? Yeah, I think that that's more or less accurate. The one caveat or adjustment I make there is we don't really don't do anything related to the install itself, right? So mm -hmm. install events are what we would put in the realm of user acquisition. Everything that we do 
is to drive engagement from consumers post-install. Um, so mm -hmm. my apologies, I should have clarified that. But yeah, any activity that occurs post-install, be it a, a registration, uh, be it a uh, level completion for a game, right? Uh, be it a subscription, right? be it yeah. a, a purchase, you know, first-time purchase, repeat purchases, any event that's valuable to your business uh, mm -hmm. that is trackable in your app, we can help uh, get your users to that point. All right, let's let's uh, get to specifics. So how do we re-engage the users uh, when it comes to e-commerce app and uh, what are the methods and tools? Yeah, it's a good question. So e-commerce presents specific challenges, but also some of the biggest opportunity when it comes to retargeting, right? Uh, specific challenges in the sense that really in e-commerce, anyone is eligible for retargeting that has installed your app, right? And that's, that's often the case for a lot of other apps, but it's especially the case for e-commerce. We can retarget anyone. But generally speaking, what we see most of our partners in the e-commerce space do is a lot of, at a macro level, split their consumers into two groups, right? Group A is those consumers who have not made their first purchase. Group B, those who have made at least one purchase in the past. So we call it first-time purchases and previous purchases. The reason we split it in this regard is because we expect different behavior from these groups at a macro level. And, and you can even slice and dice those groups into much more granular segments. But at a macro level, the creative strategy that you apply to these two audience segments can be vastly dissimilar, right? In many cases with first-time purchases, for example, we know that promotions are what get consumers down the, down the funnel to make that first purchase, right? $10 off your first order or 5% off your first purchase of a, a pair of shoes or whatever the case may be. Uh, promotions are often a really important way to get that first-time purchase. Um, and when it comes to something like repeat purchases, what we really want to see is dynamic ad usage, right? So we want to be able to speak to consumers on a one-to-one -one basis that really adds to their experience with your app. And what this means is we want to set up infrastructures and, and, and systems that allow us to ingest data around what has this consumer's past behavior been in your app? And as a result of that past behavior, what do we expect their future behavior to look like? Or how can we add to their experience with your brand, right? So past behavior might be something like search history, purchase history, uh, time in app, et cetera. All these metrics come into play when we're determining how it is we want to segment the consumers and how it is that we want to serve an ad to them. And, and the, the holy grail of really, you know, honestly, like retargeting in general is personalization, right? And e-commerce provides tons of opportunity for personalization because we can say consumer A was looking at, you know, the sweatshirt the other day. They didn't purchase it. They didn't add it to their cart. That probably means they might not have been actually interested in this particular sweatshirt, but let's serve them ads for a suggestion for, for similar types of articles of clothing to try to get them down the funnel, right? That's that's a lot of what we try to do at Remerge, right? Engage the consumers with content that's going to add to their experience with the brand, drive more purchases for the brand, uh, and ideally do it at scale. So uh, you asked about the methods and tools. Yep. Um, really, when, as, as a marketer, what I would ask everyone to think about is, you know, First and foremost, answer the question, why are we retargeting these consumers, right? If you don't have a good reason for retargeting them, just don't do it at all. But if you have a good reason to retarget them, then it's a matter of saying, what is the level of granularity uh, at which I can approach this particular consumer, right? Uh, and the, the ultimate level of granularity is, again, that, that personalization I described before. If you're unable to achieve that, it's a matter of taking other metrics and trying to fit them into a retargeting campaign, right? Those other metrics might be, 
you know, what are the top 10 selling items in a particular region, right? And let's advertise those top 10 selling items uh, to a region. Um, there are tons of other metrics that, that and attributes you can pull, um, but the idea is to, um, again, drive that personalization, uh, do it at scale, and then optimize the campaign accordingly. So uh, speaking of optimization, generally, can you think of like, do you see we're getting closer to this, you know, the ultimate goal of actually having a really good grasp on what what is on people's mind, like without reading their minds, without philopathy, but uh, from the standpoint, uh, having a lot of data, like like somebody would, like Amazon would do, having mm. tons of data to actually guess spot on what exactly uh could be the you know the reason to get back to the customer like what should be next for him in general how like how good are we as an industry right now yeah in this, uh, endeavor it would it would totally depend on the platform that you're investigating for that question right when you think about something like facebook obviously and and, and everyone's seen that that netflix show i forget what it's called the social dilemma maybe oh yeah, uh, in dilemma. any case right that's right yeah like, right like they're really they're taking so many data points, combining them through you know AI and ML, and actually being able to get at what you just described, right? Um, which I think presents a whole set of challenges, which have in turn led to a whole set of uh, data privacy regulations in this industry. So I'm not going to get into that too much, but I think they are very much so close to what you just described. When you talk about someone like Remerge, right, a DSP. Uh, and any of our competitors for that fact, right? Um, we are not there, right? Uh, we are not at that point, uh, simply because when it comes to retargeting, we're not pulling from hundreds of different apps or thousands of different apps to create these massive audience profiles, right? We're basically mm -hmm. saying, you're an e-commerce app, tell us about the app, meaning send us events that you're capturing in the app, and then we will in turn leverage these events to in, in, you know, engage with your consumers in meaningful ways. But you know, the, the pool of data that we're pulling from is just from one app. It's not from tens of thousands of apps. So we can't really predict a consumer's behavior outside of their behavior in that single app, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I got you. Let's cover the mistakes. Uh, what kind of mistakes do you see people are doing when it comes to retargeting uh, of an e-commerce app specifically? I would say the, the mistakes that e-commerce apps make are... One of the biggest ones, which I just discussed before, was lack of personalization, right? Um, when I discussed before, hey, there's a holy grail, and that's you know, reaching out to your consumers on a one-to-one -one basis, not all apps are capable of achieving that, but there is you know, approximations of that that they could achieve, and they're not. So one of the biggest challenges I see or mistakes I see is the use of um, poorly developed creatives that aren't really compelling to a consumer, right? One of the biggest mistakes I've ever seen is something like, you know, an, an ad that just says, hey, here's our brand. It has a picture of a shirt and it says, open the app now. It's just yeah. not a good experience for any consumer, which brings me to a second point. I'm actually gonna have a third at the end of this, but the second point is one of the biggest mistakes I see is a lack of focus on what is the actual consumer experience with this app, meaning deep linking, right? When we serve mm -hmm. a specific ad or product to a consumer, we want that experience for the consumer to be seamless, which means the advertiser needs to have deep linking enabled in the app to take that consumer from ad to product ideally, right? Or at least add into app. The challenge I see in many cases um, with apps across the board is they don't, they haven't invested um, 
in the infrastructures associated with deep linking, which means the consumer experience after they engage with the ad is very poor, right? And it's not really catered to what it is they want to ultimately achieve. I'd say the third mistake I see with um, e-commerce apps and really honestly uh, apps across the board um, is a, a the challenge of how do we measure efficacy of our programs, right? How do we measure whether or not there's success in a particular campaign? Historically, we measure campaigns based off last touch, last click, last you know, last view-based attribution models, which mm-hmm. are uh, essentially come to us from you know channels like Facebook, who who kind of made their own rules in that regard. Um, I think every app should be looking into uh, incrementality, right? Incrementality allows you to determine what would my life have looked like were it not for this particular vendor, right? It's an incrementality test is one in which we set up a control group that doesn't get ads versus a target group that does get ads. And it provides just a much greater level of uh, empirical certainty as to whether or not a particular partner is effective for you, right? Um, so I think every e-commerce app, I think every app basically um, that is advertising actively should be investigating incrementality. It should be an important part of how they go about determining uh, which you know partners they should work with to serve ads, which partners they should not work with. Uh, it should also be an important component for them in, in developing what their KPI should look like. Um, I hope that answers your question. Those are just some of the mistakes. That's yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, long-term thinking uh, when it comes to incrementality, this is how you can actually grow your business over the long period of time. Okay, so let's let's give people an example of probably well-known, if it's possible, retargeted campaign. Can you think of any, uh, perhaps for an e-commerce app? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, e-commerce apps are so beautifully built for retargeting because generally speaking, e-commerce apps have large product catalogs, which allow them in turn to uh, engage their consumers with meaningful product ads that are actually going to influence their behavior and also Mm -hmm. improve their experience with the app, right? So um, the best known case for, for, uh, this is a very simple use case for retargeting an e-commerce app, right? Um, I'll actually give you two. The first one is what I described before, first time buyers, right? If someone installs your app and doesn't make a purchase, within the first few days of an e-commerce app, the likelihood they're ever going to purchase goes down dramatically. The likelihood they're ever going to purchase is almost zero at that point, right? If they don't start taking those actions right away, right? So as an e-commerce app, you have to answer the question, if someone installs my app and we are two days post-install, for example, they still haven't made a purchase, what is it I can say to this consumer that's going to get them through that funnel, right? And in many mm-hmm. cases, it comes down to education, right? It comes down to you as a brand educating on them on, uh, what is the breadth of your catalog, right? Or what are the deals and promotions you have going on for first-time buyers? Those are the kinds of things um, and tactics that really get those consumers over that hurdle of the first-time purchase. Once you get them past that first-time purchase, the likelihood that they're going to repeat purchase goes up exponentially, right? Uh, so that's a perfect mm-hmm. use case for, for how you could retarget an e-commerce app. The second one, again, is with those past purchasers and the one I've described a few times, but we'll talk more specifically. Let's say, you know, Someone made a purchase, someone made five purchases, you know, uh, over the course of six months, but it's been uh, two months since they made their last purchase, right? You might argue that, well, uh, that user has already churned, uh, but we got to win them back, right? And in that use case, you might want to say, okay, what was their past purchase behavior? And how can we relate that, relate that past purchase behavior 
to the products we currently have available to get them back in the app, right? Um, so your product catalogs are constantly evolving and changing, and it's important to keep your consumers up to date on what those catalogs look like through dynamic ads and through product suggestion engines, right? Which is something that we do quite a bit of here at Remerge. Those two tactics when put together, uh, along with tons and tons of others, uh, really allow you to reduce the churn of your first time buyers, uh, reduce the churn of, of your repeat purchasers and drive incremental revenues to your e-commerce apps. All right, gotcha. Now let's shift the gears a little bit. Let's touch the ethical side of the equation. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, this question will be familiar to many people who are listening to the show, which is this. On the one hand, we're consumers, right? On the other, we are in the mobile ad business. So probably you may know this feeling, you know, it's a complicated feeling. On one side, we're not really happy about uh, Apple's, you know, prevent cross-tracking setting in Safari or upcoming eyes for TNIDFA policy change. And um, on the other hand, um, we're you know consumers, uh, and uh, you know from consumer standpoint, you may be welcoming these updates. So, what are your thoughts on this controversy? I think from a consumer perspective and a business perspective, we're welcoming the update. Right? The reality is, uh, consumers have rights, and we are all obligated to follow those consumers' rights. Um, we all have a um, you know vested interest in making sure that consumers feel safe with the manner in which their data is being um, applied to marketing initiatives and advertising initiatives. And, and, and to that end, right, I have no problem with what Apple um, is planning to do. Uh, I think I initially, to be totally honest, had some problems with the speed at which they initially planned on rolling out these changes, right? Mm -hmm. The reality is it was going to impact a multi-billion dollar industry in a really big way. And they hadn't provided the industry with um, the time to adjust, nor the tools to actually be able to run effective programs, right? For example, SKAD Network is the tool that many companies are going to rely on in the future. Uh, the challenge is SKAD Network isn't super easy to adopt ubiquitously across the industry, right? And Apple hadn't yeah. actually planned on providing us that time. So I think the delay helps us in, in quite a few ways. Um, and I think as an industry, right, like, you know, SKAD Network's going to provide us... Um, a reasonably useful tool for the future. I think it is limiting in a number of capacities, but uh, as somewhat of a uh, an intermediary between what we currently have and what we're looking for, I think it functions. I also think, and this goes back to an earlier point, the concept of incrementality is going to become even more important in the future, right? Without last touch and last view-based attribution models, um, which again, I, I, I think I have... Um, principled objections to. Uh, I think in the future, you know, incrementality is really going to be the methodology that we're looking for as an industry to tackle uh, the challenges that are posed to us by the lack of a uh, identifier for consumers. And, you know, cracking that code for how to effectively measure incrementality is going to be incredibly challenging for the industry as a whole. But I do think it is the uh, direction that we've been heading for years. And I think we're going to continue to head in that direction. So overall, right, this this change creates a whole new set of challenges and problems. This is an industry that uh, consistently overcomes similar challenges and problems, right? Like, you know, this isn't the first time that changes have happened to how we go about uh, using device IDs 
uh, or, or the data that's available to us. So I think we're going to adapt quickly uh, over time. I think the delay was, uh, in some regards, a godsend. Uh, it was also just the more appropriate move from Apple. Um, but I, I'm really excited to see the innovative ways in which we uh, collectively um, you know, start figuring out how we are going to attribute and target uh, and measure. Uh, the reality is there isn't a single person or organization in this industry that doesn't have some vested interest in making sure we figure out iOS 14 and the changes to the IDFA. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how, you know, we can reach across the aisle, so to say, and work mm -hmm. with each other to come up with, with valuable long-term solutions. I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, and at the end of the day, if we can find great solutions that also could uh, protect consumer privacy, then we're in a really wonderful spot where we're providing an awesome solution to, uh, to, to consumers. Yeah, totally agree, Tommy. All right, now let's uh, switch the gears again. And uh, we're at the point of the show where I'm asking my guests uh, this, uh, just a few quick questions to paint a broader picture of who they are. All right, question number one, are you iOS or Android person? iOS, but uh, one day I'll, I'll, I'll give Android a shot, but I've been iOS for years. <laughs> All right. Do you remember, if that's possible, your first mobile phone, you know, pre-multi-touch uh, <laughs> screen, those days? I don't. I remember my, I got my first phone far later than all my friends because I think my, my parents had some concerns about, you know, giving teenagers phones or whatever. Um, but it was a, it was some silver flip phone. I do remember when I got my Razor, uh, as I'm sure everyone does, like that was a a big deal to me to get a razor phone. Uh, but I don't remember the, the make and model. It's actually, my first phone may have been an LG flip phone, silver with no camera, if I, if I recall correctly, something like that. All right, uh, back into 2020. Uh, what is your favorite app now and why? Yeah, sure. My fiance and I have been doing a ton of work around the house, maybe, maybe, of the pandemic and everything and we're just looking for projects to do so with that we've been uh actually buying a fair amount of furniture here and there and, and updating certain rooms in the home so right now one of my favorite apps is, is called all modern uh it's from the um the organization wayfair and they have a they have a number of different apps but it has has great furniture that i really like uh and it's something that i find myself um checking out here and there all right. I think it, my next question may be uh, kind of linked to, to this one for you specifically. Um, are there any new technologies that are you most excited about? Like when you're looking at a smartphone sitting on a table, what kind of updates, probably both hardware and software, would you like to see on this device in the near future? That's a really good question. When it comes to hardware, I don't know, honestly. Like, I, I feel like... Uh, we kind of just wait for Apple to go ahead and innovate and then we just kind of adopt, right? I mean, I, the reality is I feel like I have way more than I need with this phone, right? If anything, I guess the speed of browsing would be a cool thing to, to improve. And I think 5G should do some of that, right? But, you know, we, we're just so beyond privileged to have information um, at the disposal it is to us and communication at, at, at the rate it is to us. I mean, we are just so incredibly privileged as a, as a group of people to, to have these devices um, available to us. So I honestly couldn't ask for more from a hardware perspective. I don't ever find myself frustrated with the performance of my phone or my laptop. I always feel like kind of in awe of, of how 
tremendous they are, to be honest with you. So I know it's a lame, lame, lame answer for a, for a technology sort of podcast, but I just couldn't really imagine too much more. No, totally not. Uh, I wouldn't say that because we're, we're, we're all people. We're uh, on a personal level. We're all taking a different perspective on the hardware we're using. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the essence of the question. What, what does it do for you personally? Maybe, you know, many things, obviously. All right. Yeah. And now before I let you go, just one more question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you just email me. My name, my, my email is Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, at remerge.io, R-E-M-E-R-G-E.io. Our website, therefore, is www.remerge.io. You definitely don't need the three W's at the beginning. You know, I also I also run a, a little podcast uh, on the side called Activate, A-P-P-T-I-V-A-T-E, uh, where I, I talk to mobile marketers about, you know, kind of what they're thinking, what they're seeing. Uh, and how they're approaching specific challenges and topics. So yeah, feel free to reach out if you ever want to chat retargeting or mobile performance advertising. I've been doing it for a while, so I'm always happy to chat about it. Awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you so much, Art. It's been a pleasure and it was, uh, it was great to, to chat with you for a bit. My pleasure. Bye-bye. And that was Thomas Yiannopoulos, Director of Sales at Remerge. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review and a comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.